the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Word of God is filled with the most fascinating stories. What's even more incredible, they're all true because His Word is truth. As His children, we should be excited about His Word. Join us today as Pastor Rander continues to encourage us to celebrate the Word. He'll be teaching from Psalms 119, verse 162. We are in, what, three of our series, Celebrate the Word. And uh, the scripture is taken from Psalms 119, Psalms number 119, verse 162. You have your Bibles, just turn there. Keep your Bibles open. This is Maranatha Bible Church. We reference the scripture because this is a Bible teaching church. Psalms 119, verse 162 says, I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. Once again, the subject of this series is celebrate the word. By way of introduction, even though God has spoken directly to people in times past, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joshua, and all through the Bible, and and God is even speaking to people today, he has spoken audibly, God has spoken through dreams, God speaks through people, God speaks through circumstances, God even speaks through trials that intrude into all of our lives. And yet, and above all, today God is primarily speaking through his word. Say the Bible. God is primarily speaking through the Bible. And that's very, very critical uh, for us to know that. You see, the word of God is a wonderful, precious book from God. It is infallible. Say infallible. It is inerrant. Say inerrant. You know what that means? That means it is without error and absolutely trustworthy. The Bible is without error and absolutely trustworthy. In other words, this book of the law is sufficient. It is complete. The canon is complete. You don't have to add nothing to it. You don't have to take nothing from it. It's good like it's like a T.I.T. is. Uh, uh, 39 books in the old and 27 in the new and the book was written by prophets and shepherds and kings and and apostles over a span of 1500 years and yet this book is fit together with such a harmony and with such uniqueness the devil has tried to tamper with this book, has tried to destroy this book, has tried to discredit this book, and yet this book is the bestseller on the market today. Extra, extra, read all about it. It's, it's better than CNN. 
It's better than Fox News. It's better than Jet. It's better than Look. It's better than People. It's better than uh, Trash. It's the Bible. The B-R-B-L-E. This is the book for me. It is a book. It is authoritative. Satan himself knows that the Bible has power. It has authority. And that's why he has come up with all kinds of false scriptures, such as the Quran and the Mormon Bible and the Jehovah Witness Bible and so many others that that are too numerous to name in order to divert us from the real truth of this book, the Holy Bible. You see, Satan is so threatened by this book to the point that he'll devise anything to keep us from it because he doesn't want us to have a relationship with the true and living God. This book introduces you to Jesus Christ. And he'll keep you from this book because his objective is to keep you away and apart from the source of life. Jesus Christ. Satan also doesn't want us armed with the greatest weapon that will successfully defeat him and give us ultimate victory. Do you not know this book is the greatest weapon along with prayer that you use against demons and satanic strategy and everything that comes against us, all the power powers that be, this book is the greatest weapon that you have to be armed with because it defeats the enemy and gives us ultimate victory. Why celebrate the Bible? Number one, I left off saying the last time, this is the only point I'll review and I'm going to go on into new insights. Number one, the Bible is from God and it is the only book God ever wrote. The Bible is from whom? And it is the only that God ever wrote. Beloved, why would God write two Bibles? And anytime you have an original, you're always going to have come alongside it some copies that are false. To confound the original, to keep you from the original, to keep you from the truth. Nothing like the truth. Have you ever seen people take, uh, I've used this illustration before, copies of movies that are bootleg movies. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all got them in your house. (laughs) With these little cameras and stuff, you too cheap to go and just look at it. But when you put that bootleg picture on your screen at home, it's all fuzzy and it's distorted. And you know why it is fuzzy and distorted? It's because it is only a copy. It is not the original. But I submit to you today, beloved, that this book is the real book. It is the genuine book. It is the authoritative book. It is the infallible book. It is the inerrant book. There is no book like this original book from God, God's revelation to man to get us back to God. It's the only book that God ever wrote. 2 Timothy 3.16, won't you turn there? 2 Timothy 3.16. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture. All means what? All scripture. You say, what is scripture? Scripture is the Bible. 
It is the Old Testament. It is the New Testament. The Old Testament uh, is the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Uh, it, is, it is the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. All scripture is given by inspiration. Say inspiration. That means breathe out by God or God breathe. I mean, this book came from the breath of God. Breathe out by God or God breathe. That's what inspiration means. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Say profitable. You know, when you say it's profitable, it means it is beneficial to us. When we say it's profitable, it is useful. When we say it is profitable, it, it is productive. And the reason folk are unproductive in the church is because they're not in the book that can make them productive. This book is also valuable. In other words, when you stay in it and live by it, it not only brings value to your life, you bring value to others. It brings value like no one else and nothing else can do. So all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable uh, for doctrine. Say doctrine. Doctrine simply means teaching. Say teaching. And we are to be indoctrinated by the word of God. The worst thing to do is teach folk who have been taught wrong, unteach, and then reteach. Yeah, I love getting new believers that don't have all that uh, false stuff in them and junk in them. You don't have to work so hard to uproot. You understand what I'm saying? And that's the, that's the purpose of the church. The church is to teach sound biblical doctrine. But sad to say in most churches, everything is going on but teaching. That makes a weak church, a shallow church. Without sound biblical teaching, all you have as a church is a social club. That's all you have. And you know what's in the church today? Too much junk. There are all kinds of groups. You can be in anything you want to now. Anything but the word. Folk get up, get excited on music, and go to sleep on the word. Nothing like the word. The word drives hell out of you. Won't you say amen? We need to be taught, teach, doctrine for reproof. Say reproof. That means to rebuke. The word will rebuke you. This book will reprimand it. You Have you ever read this book and you start reading it and all of a sudden you fell under conviction and it didn't step on your toes. It slapped you upside the head. Have you ever, anybody, do, do I have any witnesses in here? Has, has this book ever slapped some sense in you? Make you cry when nobody's hit you, but the word has hit you. It's nothing like the word. It, 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 it rebukes, it reprimands, it straightens you up. Look, for reproof, then the next word is for what? Correction. You know what correction is? This word makes alterations. It makes changes. And it makes adjustments. Say alterations. alterations. Say changes. changes. Say adjustments. Isn't that wonderful? 
Isn't that one? And I used to analogy last time when you uh, have a suit or dress or whatever it is, and you need some alteration, let out, taken in, whatever you need, and then you pay them $75 or whatever it is, $150 based on how much you give them and how big or small you are. And then you put it on after you pay, got it home only to find out no changes were made. How do you feel once you get home, especially when you were ready to go to the event, only to find out that it was just like it was before you gave it to them? How do you act? You, you what, what, Come on. You disturbed? I gave them my money. Look, they didn't do nothing with this. I ain't going back there anymore. But listen, how do you think God feels when you've been taking this word around with you day in and day out? How many of you have been around the word all your life in your home? How many of you have been around it? You, you, now you're scared to raise your hands. <laughs> how many of you have been around the word five years? Ten years? Twenty? Uh, yeah, don't show your age. Thirty? And if there are no changes, alterations, or adjustments before Jesus, what does that do to him? It frustrates him just like you get frustrated when you haven't changed. He gets frustrated because he can't get the productivity out of you that he longs to get simply because you're not adjusting your life to the word of God. Amen? So, you know what else it does? This correction. You know what correction is? I love this. It is the act of bringing back from error to a just standard. It brings back from error to a just and right standard. That's what correction does. You're correcting, bringing back from error to a just and right standard. Then the next word, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction. Say instruction. That's importing knowledge to others. And you, you import knowledge to others through teaching. It is done through explanation and interpretation. It's done through teaching, explanation, and interpretation. Instruction in righteousness. Say righteousness. Righteousness is the conformity of the heart and life to the divine law of God. I mean, righteous. Uh, it is the conformity of to be righteous. You have to conform your heart and your life and your lifestyle to the divine law of God. That's God calls us to be righteous. So the Bible is from God and is the only book. God ever wrote. Number two, all the rest is new insight. That portion was reviewed to bring us up. Number two, the Bible is the only book that brings life. Say life. It is the only book that brings life. Turn with me to Psalms 119, verse 50, and verse 93. Psalms 119, verse 50, and verse 93. The Bible is the only book that brings life. It says in Psalms 119, verse 50, this is my comfort. Say comfort. comfort. You know what comfort, comfort means to soothe. You know what this book will do? It will soothe you. You know what this book does? It brings relief. Brings relief in the midst of pain and hurt and brokenness. It brings reassurance. In other words, you know what this book does? You know, what, what does it mean to be reassured? It means this book will, if you get in it and apply it, it will restore your confidence. 
It will restore your confidence. That's what it does. It brings reassurance in tough times when children are rebellious, when divorce is all in your way, when health is all awry. This book restores confidence. It gives encouragement. So this is my affliction in my affliction. Say affliction. You know what afflictions are? Those are your trials. Those are crises. Those are things you're going through. Uh, some, some things you're responsible for putting yourself through. Some things ambush you and you had nothing to do with it. You just found yourself engaged in it. However it comes, it's afflictions. I like that old phrase of song. Though affliction press my soul, I'm determined to reach my what? Goal. Affliction. So it says, this is my comfort. To soothe, relieve, reassure in my affliction, my trials. For your word has given me life. Say life. Your life means to make alive. It means to make a, This book makes you alive. And, and, and uh, I, that's what I love about it. It makes you alive. It, you know what it does? It takes the deadness out of your life. It takes the dryness out of your life. Now, how many of you know you serve a risen Savior? You in Christ, you know he's in you. You're baptized, believe you love the Lord, you know you're saved, and nothing can make you doubt the validity of your salvation. How many of you believe that with all your heart? Well, then God does not expect you to be living like you did. Because we serve a what kind of Savior? A, what kind of Savior is he? What kind of Savior is he? And that means your life ought to be a resurrected life, not a dead, dry life. You ought not be a prune. Your life is to be fresh. It is to be alive and not dry. And some folk are dry. They're so dry they can't say amen. They're so dry they can't give. They're so dry they expect something for nothing. Yeah, yeah. They're so dry until they can't see God anymore. They're so dry until they've lost their, they've lost their joy. They've hung their hearts on the willow. And they're too sad to sing. Dryness is a dangerous thing. You can be saved and be dry. You know, I don't want a dry steak. Don't y'all say amen. Now, y'all might, how many of y'all like your steak with some juice in it? I mean, you to pay whatever price for that steak and you trying to chew it. And you still, 15 minutes later, you still chewing that first bite. I don't, want, I don't want dry chicken. I don't want dry pork chops. If you got high blood pressure, leave it alone. Amen. We want the juice. It's the juice. I got a question. Where's your juice? Where's your juice? Your life ought to be savory to God. Your life ought to be delicious to God. God ought to just enjoy your life. Wow. Make a lie. Takes away the deadness and the dryness. Life, in other words, the word of God recovers me. It restores me back into right relationship with God. Satan will do anything he can to keep you away from this word. And you go all day long, morning, 24 hours a day, and not reference the word. And you're on your way to dryness and regression and spiritual 
separation. And that's what takes you away from God. You can't just open this book and read one verse on Sunday and expect to be alive, fresh, and vital. You need God to keep you uh, fresh. You know what this book does? Gives life means it makes whole. It makes you what? Whole. In other words, let me just sum this, the word and life business up. Beloved, the Bible does what no other book can do. It does what no other magazine can do. It does what no other psychologist can do. And it does what no other psychic can do. You don't need a psychic. This book is a prophetic book. It tells you what the end's going to be. You want to know what the end's going to be? Read read Daniel. Read uh, the prophetic passages in Isaiah, Jeremiah, and the minor prophets, and especially Revelation. You don't don't need nobody reading your hands. You don't need cards. You just need the book. Psychic hotline, you write as hot as hell. And it'll send you straight to hell. Leave it alone. Verse 93 says of Psalm 119, verse 93 of Psalms 119 says, I will never forget your precepts. Say precepts. You say, what is it? Precept is another word for word. The word. It is another word for the scripture. It is another word for commandments. It is the word, scripture, commandments. I will never, Lord, forget your precepts. For by them you have given me, there it is again, life. That's what the word does. Number three. This thing going to mess with us all a little bit more. The Bible thoroughly equips for every good work. The Bible, what? Thoroughly equips for, for how much work? Every good work. Turn to 2 Timothy 3.17. Y'all hanging with me? Y'all in the Bible? Now, if you don't bring your Bible to church, you're not bringing it anywhere else. The Bible thoroughly equips for every good work. 2 Timothy 3.17, it says, That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly what? Equipped. For every good work. Now that's something I want you to hang on to. The greatest name that you can be called is a man of God, woman of God, a child of God. That's the greatest name you can ever be called. And some of you all have uh, exchanged your name. The greatest thing you can be called is a man of God, a woman of God, or a child of God. Do people see so much Jesus in you that they come to the conclusion that there goes a man of God? She is a woman of God. Uh, That young man is a child of God. You know, do they see so much Jesus all over your life that they conclude that you are a man, woman, child of God? Many of you cut yourself short because you're so satisfied being called a mason. You cut yourself so short. Because you take pride in being called an Eastern star. Jesus is not coming back for Masons and Easter stars. He's coming back for the church. Don't you say amen. Don't poke your mouth out at me. You poke it out at the word. I'm just saying what my boss say. You call him. Some of y'all cut yourself short by calling yourself a longtime Democrat. Or a Republican. You take pride 
by the name of, of your fraternity or your sorrow. I'm a this. I'm not going to call up. I'm going to leave something out. You're thinking I'm picking on you. Some of y'all take pride in being called by your title in your career or your military rank. But when was the last time somebody saw so much God in your life that they have come to the conclusion that you are a man of God, that you are a woman of God, that you are a child of God because you talk Jesus, you think Jesus, you live for Jesus, you got a spirit-filled attitude about you, so much so that that's that Jesus freak coming. Let them call you a lunatic. Let them call you everything but a child of God. But, but listen, the greatest thing they can call you is even narrow-minded. I tell them, thank you. Because the way is narrow. Let me tell you something. Listen, a man or woman of God who is filled with the word of God and the Holy Spirit is fully qualified and prepared to deal with Satan. You can't deal with Satan until you've been armed. You cannot be, deal adequately and sufficiently with Satan until you've been equipped. And some of y'all trying to, you talking about loosen Satan, bound, unbound him, say, Satan not stunting you without the word and being full of the Holy Ghost. You see? And listen, you, you all who are in leadership here, I'm not going to ask you to stand, you know who you are. You can't really do effective leadership until you are thoroughly equipped. Because folk come in here, some are demonic. That's right. And, you got, and if you're not equipped, you're not going to know how to deal with them. Some folk come in here with everything but God. Some folk come in the church with foolishness. You know, fools come to church. And you got to deal with them. Well, you can't have everybody you like come to the church. That's why the church is a hospital. You know, folk come in here deceived. Folk come in here spiritually immature. Folk come in here hateful, hard to get along, and difficult. Some of you can't get out your little clicks because you take comfort in your little surroundings. But you've got to be broad enough to reach all folk simply because you are thoroughly equipped to the glory of God. Why don't you say amen? amen. All kinds of, I have to pastor all these folk. All these folk in here not praying folk. I still got a pastor. All these folk in here not tithing. I'm not going to not see you because you don't tithe. I'm going to love you in spite of, go serve you and give you my best. Well, you don't get, let me check your name. If you, oh, she ain't tired, I'm going to skip her today. <laughs> Can't do that. That's right. I got to deal with the gossiper, the, the immoral, the prideful, and the demonic. And you can't pastor or be in leadership being scared of folk. Don't you say amen. They'll wipe, they'll cook your lunch. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. 
Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.